This is the EPLOG audio experience. Namaste. My name is Yashika and I am the producer and host of Voice of Achievers from India. A weekly podcast that brings inspiring voices of entrepreneurs, professionals, creatives, artists and athletes. With each episode, we dive deep into situations that shape the learning curve of experienced individuals. From heart-crushing disappointments to passionate resilience, listen to the stories of these achievers in their own voices. Learn what sacrifices they made, odds they dared, and how they found the inspiration to continue on the paths they chose. Athletic performance is primarily seen as extensive physical training, leaving little room for the importance of mental practices and techniques used by performers. Our guest today began his career as a state-level cricket player, got picked as a bowler for the Indian Premier League and eventually became a mind trainer for athletes and students. A passionate athlete and psychology graduate, Mr. Rajat Sharma is the founder of MindFuel, a center in Chandigarh that helps athletes build mental appetite and attitude. He is also the author of two noteworthy self-help books, The Conscious Destiny and The Mindful Athlete. With a vision to transform the youth by bringing back the ancient Indian practices, he developed and introduced self-mastering programs in schools. His programs are a combination of yogic practices and selected psychological tools that have significantly impacted students and athletes in his state. Welcome to the show, Rajat. Thank you so much, Ajika, for having me on your show. You started your career as a cricket player, got selected as an IPL player for the Bangalore team. But then you suffered an injury and eventually became a psychological mind coach and yoga practitioner. Tell us about this transformation. In 2011, I was a a part of the Royal Challengers Bangalore selection camp. And well before which, uh, I had got a stress fracture on my shin. So obviously, because of which I was unable to play further. Started with my rehabilitation and all, and it took me nearly two years to get fit. After I recovered, I started playing again, but realized I just could not play my natural game. I had uh, kind of lost the spark that an athlete is supposed to have. I realized that physically I was healed, but it was actually my mind that had started to work against me. That phase made me really, really curious. And as I learned that our mind can literally, you know, make or break us. I started to spend a lot of alone time, just self-introspect myself. All this went for quite a long time. And out of nowhere, I started learning things about my own mind and life, which I wanted to share with others. (laughs) So I developed programs for athletes which uh, focus on their psychological health and I got a nice response for that. But I was hungry to learn more. So I basically did a full-fledged course in yoga just to learn more about our mind and existence from the yogic perspective. But while I was working with athletes, I felt that I should not limit these programs only to athletes but reach out to more people. So for that, I now organize workshops in schools and educational institutions because the rising psychological problems among the youth are quite alarming. So that's basically how it all started. 
since you've been in the field yourself there are these negative emotions like anger fear that tend to hit athletes almost at an instant especially when they're on the field and in such a competitive mind space mm-hmm. tell us how that can be dealt with my main aim is to make the players get into the zone state at will i will just give a brief description of what this zone is before i proceed zone is uh, basically a state where the conscious mind of a person is totally calm and the subconscious has taken over completely i will just give a small example to make this clear take a person for example who has a habit of sleepwalking now while sleepwalking this person would literally walk anywhere within his house with closed eyes without bumping into anything with full confidence the reason for this is that this person had a deep inner subconscious belief that he can walk within his house and there were no doubts being created at the conscious level as being in a sleep state the conscious mind is not active now if we ask the same person to walk with closed eyes while being awake his conscious mind would generate uncountable negative fearful thoughts and most probably that person won't walk at all he will be scared of bumping into something so the zone is a state where there is a deep subconscious belief in a player that he can play well he is a champion training of the subconscious and most mental training they happen off the field but one thing that players can do on field to remain calm is by correcting their breath pattern this is one thing that they can do the way we think is the way we breathe but also the way we breathe is the way we think you mentioned that it is about the breath and the breath control which works at the subconscious level now this is about practice about mm-hmm. how the player practices this way ahead how about dealing with such negative emotions at the instant especially in the ground where the time is not enough another thing that players can do to just shift their focus is uh, by focusing only on their role in the game now the problem is uh, what players do is they worry a lot about the outcome you know or how their performance level would be in the game that causes a lot of anxiety and negative thought pattern so what they can do is they only need to focus on what they are supposed to do in the game focus on their role and not on the outcome to keep their nose under control this is possibly the easiest thing that they can do mm-hmm. but then how do they then work around the right balance between the physical strength and the mental strength because the focus primarily is on the physical strength that's right in this case if i just rewind back my own life we can easily see that post my injury when i started playing again physically i was healed but still i could not play my natural game as my mind was not working in my favor and this happening with several players who spend hours on the field training but they don't see a lot of improvement so i would say that mental strength has an upper hand in this case as the psychological state of a person will always show up on the physical body eventually our body literally become the kind of mental attitude we have so say if a player is you know physically very strong but has no control over his mind then eventually his physical strength will also fade away as any kind of negativity not only weakens the body but also the organs and secondly the body does what the mind tells it to do hence the mind is like the central processing unit of the body now what players usually do is they try to train their mind by doing several physical drills on the field which obviously is important for any player but along with physical drills several mental drills are also required any sport is 90% mental so all the physical exercises are actually an attempt to make the mind feel good by giving the mind an idea that we have been working very hard by creating strong positive belief patterns but there are quicker ways of creating these strong inner beliefs which is done through mind training so i would say that physical training is undoubtedly very important for any player but mental training is also extremely important and it needs to be given proper attention but yeah. it is still the mental training paradox which is the acknowledgement of the fact that there is an importance of 
the mental game but mm-hmm. still athletes and coaches really dedicate enough time to engage in mental practices uh, lately they have started taking up these these teams very seriously because like in 2011 world cup for example the indian team around 4 months before the world cup they had started working on their mental skills through some south african coach and even the coaches at the club level state level they have started to acknowledge this fact that mental training is very important for any player and the kind of response that i've got from so many players i've worked with soccer players and cricket players so it obviously shows you know that people are getting aware you think there is a positive change yeah yeah and definitely 100% so you work with students and have yeah. developed mind related interventions and practices for high school students mm-hmm. so so give us three simple psychological strategies that students or young mm-hmm. adopt given that there is so much to do with the body nowadays that mm-hmm. there is little or no time for the mind so before i talk about any strategy i want people to know what the mind is and how it is different from life so there are basically two aspects when we talk about human existence which is our mind and body and second being the life operating within that keeps the mind and body alive now if we look at a mind and body they are just accumulation of memory this is point number 1 regarding the mind there is conscious subconscious unconscious memory there is dna memory genetic memory cellular memory heaps and heaps of memory and this memory controls the thought process emotional pattern decision actions and therefore life so point number 2 for the mind is it recycles this gathered data which results in compulsive and cyclical thought and emotional pattern you know the more you use your mind the more it recycles this gathered data the results is negative emotions things like that point number 3 very important the mind is very fickle it can never be constantly positive or negative you know it is the wrong place to look for a lifelong and constant solution and point number 4 it is impossible to control the mind by merely using the mind because you know the mind is literally it has no brakes it only has an accelerator whenever we try to use the mind it takes us on a world tour and instead of having no thought we end up having thousand thoughts So in spite of the presence of these limited memory and cyclical patterns there is a voice within us that wants to expand in every possible way be it psychological spiritual or materialistic life it just wants more of everything so this is the space of life the second aspect that i was talking about first aspect is the mind body second aspect is this life but the problem is because we mostly only operate through the prism of the mind this inner force literally loses its power so instead of using any psychological tools our only need is to make the mind calm and receptive to this life intelligence within expresses itself only when there is no mental resistance there are no doubts there is no negativity only then it expresses there is a very popular saying that you know mind is a wonderful servant but a terrible master <laughs> yeah so our need is to show the mind its real place as it only exists to serve that life within it is just a tool of that life now the problem is we have made this tool the ultimate that is why we suffer there are psychological problems because we have made the servant into a master so things like positive mindset calmness will come you know without any effort or strategies if we can make the mind more still and receptive to this life within to create stillness of the mind and to ma- make it more receptive to life we will be doing nothing with the mind nothing at all because you know like i said it only as an accelerator <laughs> but instead of focusing on the mind we will take charge of things that impact our mind we will never directly approach the mind so i will suggest three simple thing that can be done one is our eye movement second is our body third i'll talk in the end so now there is a concept called rem sleep which means rapid eye movement meaning of which is that if we see a dream while sleeping our eyes are actually moving during that process 
so this means that our mind and eye movement are connected that's probably one of the reason we are instructed to keep our eyes focused on the forehead while we are meditating during our yoga class and all so as to create stillness within now the second thing is as per yoga and our mind and body they are one they are not separate like person with an anxious mind will never be able to sit still and you know i can actually see that people just cannot remain seated and just be there unless they are using their mobile or something they are totally addicted to mental activity and rushing thing which isn't good to rectify these two there is a very simple exercise it's called thratak in this exercise basically what people are supposed to do is they are just meant to switch off the lights of their room sit cross legged and just lit this oil lamp just look at the flame with, without any mental effort just look at the flame with a still body and still eyes gradually one would experience that his or her mind has started to become more calm and still and third thing this is very important we should accept the position of the mind as a servant meaning we need to practice selfless action if we just give it a logical thought also if you just think while we are asleep something within us is making sure that we continue to breathe and if that force leaves the mind body won't even exist even this mind and body are not ours because the breath pattern is controlled by something else so it would be unfair to say that we have any entitlement over any of the success or materialistic things if we accept this position of the mind slowly it will totally begin to fade away and mm-hmm. as the mind will fade away our learned limitations too will fade away along with the resistance and once resistance goes life within will bloom but don't you think that's easier said than done uh no i don't think so there needs to be some awareness otherwise it is probably the easiest thing to do i can understand it feels threatening you know suddenly you are like oh i am nothing i can do nothing i can be nothing it feels threatening i can understand that but the fact is it is only a threat to our limitations we cannot forget that all these gathered data is a limitation it put limitations on us it is, sounds very difficult to do but it is just a, th- a threat to our limitations and once the limitations go we are totally free we are a full fledged human being we can do whatever we want we can create whatever we want it is a little tough and it sounds a little you know impossible kind of a thing but this is the way to permanent freedom from the grip of the mind once and for all that takes some bit of practice doesn't it yeah yeah of course to begin with one should practice it for a good one month to start feeling its relevance it can happen in one day it can happen in one year it might not happen in one lifetime it all depends on the individual with how much determination that person is doing with first be aware then experience yeah. it then you'd probably start believing it isn't it yeah yeah the simplest way to put it as is i would say people should accept that the mind and body their only role is to take action that's it full stop nothing else no expectation nothing they only exist to work that's it only then it will come back to its true state of being a servant it's probably easier to work with students you know because their inner beliefs and all they have not strengthened to a very strong degree as compared to adults and they are very simple minded <laughs> they are not very complicated it is like a training that should be given at an early age yeah that's what i'm doing you know that's what i'm working on nowadays like i organize workshops in several schools and educational institutions so that's what my aim is So before we let you go with such heavy thoughts i think the last that we'd like to ask is that what does achievement mean to you i wouldn't say that materialistic accumulations are an achievement to me no matter how luxurious they are they only help mm. with survival and if survival is an achievement to me then i'm nothing more than some probably animal <laughs> survival yeah. is not everything you know i would say achievement to me is winning the fight that happens within each one of us that is between the mind and the heart or life that i talked about 
so achievement for me is living my life through the space of my real self and not through the learned limited beliefs and perception that i've gathered from a social environment because i gathered a lot of limiting things which really impacted me and i would say discovering the real potential of being a living being is what achievement means to me because if we can do that if we can we can you know get in touch with the life operating within then automatically we draw everything towards us that the current society considers to be an achievement not just merely making myself a living that's not an achievement making myself a full fledged throbbing life that's what achievement is to me clearly you have gone from strength to strength thank you so much for being with us and sharing such noble thoughts with us and for the things that you're doing with students at such an early age thank you so much for having me on your show it was a very good experience Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to Voice of Achievers and share the link with your friends. Tune in for brand new episodes every Sunday at 11 a.m. Stay updated and stay connected by following us on Instagram at Voice of Achievers. You may also send us guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover with our guests by writing to us. Send out an email to editor at voiceofachievers.com with your name followed by your suggestion trust me we are listening and we cannot wait to share more such voices to empower you Music.